section twenty three of the life of ludwig von beethoven volume one by alexander wheelock fair translated by henry edward Crabile. this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty one beethoven's love affairs the letter to the immortal beloved giletta gia chardi theresa brunswick countess erdidu therese malfadi confused chronologies many contradictory theories and speculations in the letter dated november sixteen beethoven's strong expressions of desire and intention to exhibit his powers as pianist and composer in other cities are striking and worthy of the reader's attention yet need no comment but a new topic there introduced must be treated at some length not because it is of very great importance in itself but as an episode in the master's life which has employed so many pens and upon which biographer and novelist seem to have contended which could make the most of it and paint it in the highest romantic colours the sentences referred to are i am living more pleasantly since i live more amongst men this change has been wrought by a dear fascinating girl etc notwithstanding all that has been written on this text there is little reason to think that beethoven's passion for this particularly fascinating girl was more engrossing or lasting than at other periods for others although peculiar circumstances subsequently kept it more alive in his memory the testimony of wegler bruning lomberg ries has been cited to the point that beethoven was never without a love and generally deeply engrossed in it in vienna says wegler at least as long as i lived there beethoven always had a love affair on his hands and occasionally made conquests which though not impossible might have been difficult of achievement to many an adonis i will add that so far as i know every one of his sweethearts belonged to the higher social stations so also friends of beethoven with whom jan conversed in eighteen fifty two thus according to karl zerny he was said to have been in love with a countess keglevics who was not generally considered handsome the sonata in e flat opus seven dedicated to her was called dia verliebte the maiden or woman in love dr bertolini friend and physician of beethoven from eighteen o six to eighteen sixteen said beethoven generally had a flame the countess giardi madame von franck bettina brentano and others he was not insensible to ladies fair and frail dola zilek a music teacher who came to vienna in eighteen hundred and was the master's admirer and friend to the last adds the particular that he never showed that he was in love in short beethoven's experience was precisely that of many an impulsive man of genius who for one cause or another never married and therefore never knew the calm and quiet but unchanging affection of happy conjugal life one all-absorbing but temporary passion lasting until its object is married to a more favoured lover is forgotten in another destined to end in like manner until at length all faith in the possibility for them of a permanent constant attachment to one person is lost such men after reaching middle age may marry for a hundred various motives 
of convenience but rarely for love upon this particular passion of beethoven the present writer labours under the disadvantage of being compelled to subordinate his imagination to his reason and to sacrifice flights of fancy to the duty of ascertaining and imparting the modicum of truth that underlies all this branch of beethoven literature of extracting the few grains of wheat from the immense mass of chaff with what success remains to be seen when schindler in perusing the notizen came to the passages above quoted with his usual agility in jumping at conclusions he decided at once that beethoven here refers to the countess julia giacciardi and so states in his book probably hitting the truth nearer than on the next page where he makes fraulein marie koschak the object of beethoven's autumnal love some half a dozen years before the two had ever met in this case however there is no reason to suppose him mistaken relations with the countess giacciardi on the sixteenth of november eighteen o one the date of beethoven's letter the countess giacciardi was just one week less than seventeen years of age she is traditionally described as having had a good share of personal attractions and is known to have been a fine-looking woman even in advanced years she appears to have possessed a mind of fair powers cultivated and accomplished to the degree then common to persons of her rank but it is not known that she was in any way eminently distinguished unless for musical taste and skill as a pianist which may perhaps be indicated in the dedication to her of a sonata by klein heinz as well as by beethoven julia giacciardi's near relationship to the brunswicks would naturally throw her into the society of beethoven immediately upon the transfer of her father from trieste to vienna their admiration of his talents their warm affection for him as a man would awaken her curiosity to see him and create a most natural prejudice in his favour coming to the capital from a small distant provincial town when hardly of an age to enter society and finding herself so soon distinguished by the particular attentions and evident admiration of a man of beethoven's social position and fame might well dazzle the imagination of a girl of sixteen and dispose her especially if she possessed more than common musical taste and talents to return in a certain degree the affection proffered to her by the distinguished author of the symphony the quartet the septet the prometheus music and so many wonderful sonatas by the unrivalled pianist the generous impulsive enthusiastic artist although unprepossessing in person and unable to offer either wealth or a title there was romance in the affair besides these considerations there are traditions and reminiscences of old friends of the composer all tending to confirm the opinion of schindler that the fascinating girl was indeed the young countess giacciardi that writer however knew nothing of the matter until twenty years afterwards but what he learned came from beethoven himself it happened when the topic came up between them that being in a public place where he did not like to trust himself to speak says schindler beethoven also wrote his share in the conversation so far as it related to this subject hence his words may still be read in a conversation book of february eighteen twenty three preserved in the royal library at berlin his statements have certainly gained nothing in clearness from his whim of writing them in part in bad french 
it is proper to state before introducing the citation from this book that the young lady married count wenzel robert gallenberg a prolific composer of ballet and occasional music on the third of november eighteen o three the young pair soon left vienna for italy and were in naples in the spring of eighteen o six for gallenberg was one of the composers of the music for the fetes on the occasion of joseph bonaparte's assumption of the crown of the two sicilies when the neapolitan barbaya took charge of the r i opera at vienna toward the close of eighteen twenty one he made the count an associate in the administration and thus it happened that schindler had occasion to call upon him with a message from beethoven the conversation books of those years show that the question of selling the opera by delio to various theatres was one often discussed by beethoven and his friends and also that the author had no complete copy of the score it thus became necessary to borrow one for the purpose of copying the whole or parts and at this point we turn to the conversation book schindler in the midst of a long series of remarks upon heterogeneous topics expresses surprise that the dresden theatre has never purchased fidelia and adds his opinion that weber will do all in his power to further beethoven's interest both in regard to the opera and to the mass in d then follows political news spain england etc and the sale or hypothecation by dr bach of certain bank shares on which beethoven wishes to raise money and then a conversation about the countess schindler now as to fidelio what shall what can i do to expedite that beethoven steiner has the score schindler i shall go to count gallenberg who will lend it to you for a time with pleasure it would be best if you were to have it copied at your own expense you may ask forty ducats after a farther remark or two he promises to see gallenberg to-morrow morning some pages farther is the report schindler gallenberg presents his compliments he will send the score provided they have two copies if this is not the case he will have the score copied for you i am to call on him again in two days the conversation then turns upon copying certain songs and upon lithographing the mass in d after which schindler he gallenberg did not inspire me with much respect to-day beethoven i was his invisible benefactor through others schindler he ought to know that so that he might have more respect for you than he seems to have kitchen affairs follow here for a space then beethoven takes the pencil and writes beethoven so it seems you did not find g favourably disposed toward me i am little concerned in the matter but i should like to know what he said schindler he replied to me that he thought that you must have the score yourself but when i assured him that you did not have it he said that its loss was a consequence of your irregular habits and many changes of lodgings what affair is that of the public and moreover who will care what such persons think what have you decided to do in the matter at steiner's to keep quiet still longer dr bach recently asked me about it i thought you wanted to keep the score because you had none do you want to give the five-part fugue also for nothing my dearest friend and master that is too much generosity towards such unworthy persons you will only be laughed at steiner had bought some compositions of b and not published them beethoven having asked schindler if he had seen gallenberg's wife proceeds j'ai toi bien aimé 
d'aller plus que jamais son époux il est toi pourtant plutôt son amant qui moi mais pas elle j'apprenois de son misère et je trouvais un homme de bien qui me donnait la somme de cinq cents florins pour le soulager il est toi toujours mon en ami c'est toi justement la raison que je fusse tout le bien qui possible schindler it was for this reason that he added he is an intolerable fellow probably because of pure gratitude but forgive them lord they know not what they do schindler hercules at the crossways beethoven and if i had wished to give my vital powers with that life what would have remained for the nobler the better things reverence for the composer and admiration for his compositions must have led many who will read this to the perusal of the constantly accumulating literature of which beethoven and his works are the subject and they must remember the prominence accorded to the giacciardi affair will they believe that all the established facts which have ever been made public are exhausted in these pages already this is literally true all else is but conjecture or mistake there is nothing in the present state of knowledge on this subject to relieve the great mass of turgid eloquence expended upon it from being described in one word as nonsense the foundation for a tragedy is certainly small in a case where the lover writes it is the first time that i feel as if marriage might make me happy and immediately adds now of course i could not marry because the gratification of his ambition was more to him than domestic life with the beloved one in november eighteen fifty two jan had an interview with the countess gallenberg on so delicate a topic as beethoven's passion for her fifty years before reticence was natural but had the affair in truth been of the importance that others have given it some hint must have confessed it yet there is nothing of the kind in his notes of the conversation here they are beethoven was her teacher he had his music sent to her and was extremely severe until the correct interpretation was reached down to the smallest detail he laid stress upon a light manner of playing he easily became angry threw down his music and tore it he would take no pay but linen although he was very poor under the pretence that the countess had sewed it he also taught princess odeskalki and baroness erdmann sometimes he went to his pupils sometimes they came to him he did not like to play his own compositions but would only improvise at the slightest disturbance he would get up and go away count brunswick who played the violoncello adored him as did also his sisters therese and countess dame beethoven had given her the countess giucciardi the rondo and g but begged its return when he had to dedicate something to the countess lichnowsky and then dedicated the sonata to her b was very ugly but noble refined in feeling and culture in this simple record the lady's memory evidently mistakes 
by overrating the poverty of beethoven at the time she was his pupil and in making him then so negligent in dress in his earlier years beethoven dressed carefully even elegantly only later did he grow negligent which he carried to the verge of uncleanliness says grill parser and zerny about the year eighteen thirteen to fourteen when b looked well and strong he also cared for his outward appearance but what a blow to all the supposed romantic significance is the short prosaic account of the dedication of the c sharp minor sonata to her a composition which was not a favourite with the composer himself everybody is always talking about the c sharp minor sonata surely i have written better things there is the sonata in f sharp major that is something very different he once said to zerny a conjectural offer of marriage there is but one well authenticated fact to be added namely that beethoven kept up his intercourse with the family giuciardi certainly as late as may or june eighteen twenty three that is to within six months of the young lady's marriage a careful survey and comparison both of the published data and of the private traditions and hints gleaned during a residence of several years at vienna result in the opinion an opinion note not a statement resting on competent evidence that beethoven at length decided to offer countess julia his hand that she was not indisposed to accept it and that one of her parents consented to the match but the other probably the father refused to entrust the happiness of his daughter to a man without rank fortune or permanent engagement a man too of character and temperament so peculiar and afflicted with the incipient stages of an infirmity which if not arrested and cured must deprive him of all hope of obtaining any high and remunerative official appointment and at length compel him to abandon his career as the great pianoforte virtuoso as the giuiciardis themselves were not wealthy prudence forbade such a marriage be all this as it may this much is certain beethoven did not marry the countess julia giuiciardi count wenzel robert gallenberg did he rejected lover true to a principle enunciated in a letter to zameskel of march twenty nine seventeen ninety nine there is no use in quarrelling with what cannot be changed made the best of it and went to work on the sinfonia eroica schindler's unfounded conclusions every reader acquainted with schindler's book will have noticed that two grave matters connected by him with the gia giardi affair have been silently passed over notwithstanding the very great importance given to them by him and his copyists they must now be considered schindler's honest and conscientious desire to ascertain and impart the truth concerning beethoven admits no doubt the spirit was willing but his weakness as an investigator was something extraordinary his helplessness in finding and following the clue out of a difficulty is something pitiable sometimes ludicrous he reminds us now and then of the character described by addison he is perpetually puzzled and perplexed amidst his own blunders take the present matter for an instance in his first editions of the biography the date given to the gia chiardi affair is eighteen o six with wegler's letter before him giving him one fixed point november eighteen o one and the grauflitches taschenbuch to be consulted in every respectable bookstore and public library for the day of gallenberg's marriage november three eighteen o three he is still at a loss i had first to come to paris there make the acquaintance of cherubini in order to hit quite accidentally upon a certain clue for this date for which i had vainly searched in vienna cherubini and his wife soon after their arrival in vienna in eighteen o five heard of this affair as of something that had happened two years before 
following this hint in his edition of eighteen sixty he changes the eighteen o six to eighteen o three that is he adopts the new date because twenty years before he heard from an old gentleman of eighty years and his wife nearly as old that thirty-five years before they had heard that some two years before that time beethoven had been jilted they also could say with certainty that the effect upon beethoven's mood had already been overcome which we are very willing to hear from them although the fact needed no confirmation again his conversation with beethoven given as an appendix to the edition of eighteen forty five was suppressed in the first because the countess gallenberg was then living the taschenbuch would have taught him that this objection remained in force until march twenty second eighteen fifty six how is it possible to read with confidence the opinions and statements of so helpless a writer even when we grant him as we do schindler the utmost rectitude of intention except when he speaks from personal knowledge or upon evidence which he shows to be good having in a manner so extraordinary fixed the date to his satisfaction schindler proceeds to the catastrophe yet touching the results of this break upon the spirits of our master so highly blessed by this love something more may be said in his despair he sought comfort with his approved and particularly respected friend countess marie erdurdi at her country seat at jedler see in order to spend a few days in her company thence however he disappeared and the countess thought he had returned to vienna when three days later her music-master breukel discovered him in a distant part of the palace gardens this incident was long kept a close secret and only after several years did those familiar with it confide it to the more intimate friends of beethoven long after the love affair had been forgotten it was associated with a suspicion that it had been the purpose of the unhappy man to starve himself to death those friends who made close observation of the attitude of beethoven towards the music-master noticed that he treated him with extraordinary attention thereafter jedlersi is so near vienna that a stout walker like beethoven would think nothing of the distance and for him to obey the whim or necessity of the moment and disappear for two or three days is the very weakest of all grounds for the astounding conjecture here gravely related but grant for a moment that something of the kind some time or other really occurred what reason is there to suppose that it happened then and in connection with a jewishiardi matter none creda judaeus appella non ego indeed the whole story whatever its date in connection is told on such mere hearsay evidence as would not justify the police in arresting a beggar to prevent it from passing into the category of established facts at least in connection with this particular love affair and until some new and competent proof be discovered it may be remarked one schindler's first knowledge of the passion of beethoven for julia giardi was obtained in eighteen twenty three whatever he heard from other sources could only have been afterwards and in all probability was after beethoven's death when his attention was recalled to the subject by a paper presently to be noticed he does not pretend to have heard this jedler's sea story from any party to it nor could he for the countess Adurdi had been banished from the austrian dominions long before it could have come to his ears he is in fact been upon his own showing gravely detailing a mere private rumour current he says among certain friends of beethoven of an event which happened if at all fifteen twenty or thirty years before and which was surmised by them or by him to have occurred at the time he was jilted by the young countess Giardi. two there is nothing whatever in Reese's reminiscences most of which are of the precise period of that affair which by any stretch of fancy can be made to confirm the story 
nay more they are utterly inconsistent with it there is nothing even to show that he ever observed that his master's relations to the giacciardis were in any way remarkable yet beethoven's inclination to the society of women was a point in his character that particularly impressed him beethoven he says was fond of the company of women especially if they had young and pretty faces and generally when we passed a somewhat charming girl he would turn back and gaze at her through his glasses keenly and laugh or grin if he noticed that i was looking at him he was frequently in love but generally only for a short period once when i twitted him concerning his conquest of a pretty woman he admitted that she had held him in the strongest bonds for the longest time these fully seven months three and so too with bruning there is no letter or part of a letter by him so far as made known by Wegler, nor any tradition derived from him that relates to this passion or its supposed consequences and yet it is only from one of his letters that we know of the proposal of marriage in eighteen ten nay more we shall find in eighteen o three beethoven inviting a friend to dine with countess giacciardi at a time when he and bruning lodged together for if the jeddler sea story be true at all in connection with this particular lady the time must have been eighteen o three but it is totally inconsistent with what is known of the composer's history during that year five brauchel was not the countess adurdi's music teacher but the tutor of her children in which capacity he could hardly have been employed at a time when the eldest was not six years of age if we are correctly informed he was not in that service until after the year eighteen o three nor is it known that beethoven's intimacy with the countess had then been formed in any case the starvation story may be considered as disposed of for the present the force of these arguments will be incidentally but materially increased by the views if they find favour and acceptance advanced and supported in a short discussion of the single remaining question belonging to the giacciardi affair to which we now come it was well known to beethoven's friends that he died possessed of a few bank shares but where the certificates were deposited neither his brother bruning nor schindler knew b kept his bank shares in a secret drawer of a cabinet known only to holz is one of jan's notes of a conversation with karl holz when schindler read jan's manuscript notice as a memoranda upon beethoven and added his comments he remarked here johann beethoven first devoted himself to the disappearance of the shares and not finding them he cried out bruning and schindler must find them holz was asked to come by bruning and requested to say if he did not know where they were concealed he knew the secret drawer in the old cabinet in which they were kept in that secret drawer bruning found not only the bank certificates but also various letters of importance to his friend as schindler describes them one of these was a letter with two postscripts written by beethoven on two pieces of note-paper with a lead pencil at some watering-place not named in the july of a year not given and to a person not indicated it is couched in terms of enthusiastic love rarely equalled even in romance being like a translation into words of the most tender and touching passages in his most impassioned musical compositions this document placed in schindler's possession by bruning is the original of what was first printed in eighteen forty as three autograph letters written by beethoven to his gioletta from a bathing-place in hungary and which have so often been reprinted at various times the letter is as follows text to the letter to the immortal beloved july six in the morning my angel my all my very self only a few words to-day and at that with pencil with yours not till to-morrow will my lodgings be definitely determined upon what a useless waste of time why this deep sorrow where necessity speaks can our love endure except through sacrifices except 
who not demanding everything can you change it that you are not wholly mine i not wholly thine o oh god look out into the beauties of nature and comfort yourself with that which must be love demands everything and that very justly thus it is with me so far as you are concerned and you with me if we were wholly united you would feel the pain of it as little as i my journey was a fearful one i did not reach here until four o'clock yesterday morning lacking horses the post-coach chose another route but what an awful one at the stage before the last i was warned not to travel at night made fearful of a forest but that only made me the more eager and i was wrong the coach must needs break down on the wretched road a bottomless mud-road without such postillions as i had with me i should have stuck in the road esterhazy travelling the usual road hitherward had the same fate with eight horses that i had with four yet i got some pleasure out of it as i always do when i successfully overcome difficulties now a quick change to things internal from things external we shall soon surely see each other moreover i cannot communicate to you the observations i have made during the last few days touching my own life if our hearts were always close together i would make none of the kind my heart is full of many things to say to you ah there are moments when i feel that speech is nothing after all cheer up remain my true my only treasure my all as i am yours the gods must send us the rest that which shall be best for us your faithful ludwig evening monday july sixth you are suffering my dearest creature only now have i learned that letters must be posted very early in the morning mondays thursdays the only days on which the mail coach goes from here to k you are suffering ah wherever i am there you are also i shall arrange affairs between us so that i shall live and live with you what a life thus thus without you pursued by the goodness of mankind hither and thither which i as little try to deserve as i deserve it humility of man towards man it pains me and when i consider myself in connection with the universe what am i and what is he whom we call the greatest and yet herein lies the divine in man i weep when i reflect that you will probably not receive the first intelligence from me until saturday much as you love me i love you more but do not ever conceal your thoughts from me good night as i am taking the baths i must go to bed o oh god so near so far is our love not truly a celestial edifice firm as heaven's vault good morning on july seventh though still in bed my thoughts go out to you my immortal beloved now and then joyfully then sadly waiting to learn whether or not fate will hear us i can live only wholly with you or not at all yes i am resolved to wander so long away from you until i can fly to your arms and say that i am really at home send my soul enwrapped in you into the land of spirits yes unhappily it must be so you will be the more resolved since you know my fidelity to you no one can ever again possess my heart none never o oh god why is it necessary to part from one whom one so loves and yet my life in w vienna is now a wretched life your love makes me at once the happiest and the unhappiest of men at my age i need a steady quiet life can that be under our conditions my angel i have just been told that the mail coach goes every day and i must close at once so that you may receive the l at once be calm only by a calm consideration of our existence can we achieve our purpose to live together be calm love me to-day yesterday what tearful longings for you 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 my life my all farewell oh continue to love me never misjudge the most faithful heart of your beloved l ever thine ever mine ever for each other among the many persons before whom at various times schindler kindly placed the original for examination were otto jan and the present writer neither of whom ever discovered any other reason to suppose this paper to have been intended for the countess Gia than schindler's conjecture and the grounds upon which he had formed it 
bearing in mind that the existence of this paper was utterly unknown to either bruning or schindler until after the death of its writer who alone could have imparted its history the mental process by which it came to be described in the words just quoted three autograph letters written by beethoven to his gioletta from a bathing place in hungary is perfectly easy to trace thus in the first of the three parts or letters beethoven speaks of the very disagreeable journey which he had performed with four post-horses and esterhazy with eight in the second he writes of the mail-coach from here to k and again as i am taking the baths i must go to bed now of the two hundred and eighteen places in the austrian postal guide whose names begin with k a large number are in hungary the bathing-places in that kingdom are also numerous and esterhazy's possessions were there hence schindler's assumption that beethoven wrote from a hungarian watering-place which may stand for the present his conjecture as to whom he wrote was of course suggested by his conversation in eighteen twenty three upon the countess gallenberg this assumption so obvious and natural for him to make that it was accepted and questioned and even unsuspected for thirty years must nevertheless be tested when was the love-letter written the document presents three incomplete dates the year being omitted in each july sixth in the morning evening monday july sixth good morning on july seventh a reference to the almanacs of seventeen ninety five eighteen o one eighteen o seven and eighteen twelve shows that july sixth fell upon a monday in those years the year seventeen ninety five is of course excluded for julia giardi had not then completed her eleventh year and we turn at once to eighteen o one the main subjects of beethoven's letter to begler of june twenty ninth were his ailments and the modes of treatment adopted by his medical advisers to which he adds his desire for his friend's counsel begler being a physician of eminent ability and skill it was begler's reply which drew forth the second letter of november sixteen only four and a half months after the first which continues the subject with equal minuteness of detail if now the reader will turn back and carefully re-peruse the two he will see that all possibility of a journey to some distant watering-place requiring the use of four post-horses whether in hungary or elsewhere in the interval between those letters is absolutely excluded by their contents the conclusion is unavoidable that the diary was not written in eighteen o one but may there not be an error either in the day or of the month or of the week in the words evening monday july sixth if there be the inquiry is extended to the years eighteen hundred and eighteen o two on july sixth eighteen hundred the Gia Chiardi family had hardly reached vienna from trieste but suppose julia had been previously sent thither to complete her education and thus had become known to beethoven in that case what is to be thought of guardians and friends who could allow her such liberty or rather license that she at the age of fifteen and three forty years should already have formed the relations necessarily implied by the language of the diary with a man twice her age what too must be thought of beethoven granting him to have been as magdalena Delmon and others said half crazy the man certainly was not a fool the year eighteen hundred may also be safely discarded as to eighteen o two it is superfluous to say more than that in the next chapter will be found part of a letter by beethoven dated vienna july thirteenth eighteen o two his stay at the bath must indeed have been short if he reached it with four post-horses on the fifth and is in vienna again writing letters on the thirteenth in eighteen o three july sixth fell upon wednesday but there was no such error in the date beethoven gives the day of the month three times in twenty-four hours twice on the sixth once on the seventh a mistake here is inconceivable the day of the week indeed is written but once but then it is monday and sunday and monday are precisely the two days of the week which one most rarely or never mistakes but that part of the document which bears the date evening monday july sixth contains certain words that are decisive this part is a postscript to the writing of the morning and is written he says because he was too late for the post on that day 
and mondays thursdays the only days on which the mail coach goes from here to k the conclusion is irresistible schindler and his copyists are all wrong the document was not written in the years eighteen hundred to eighteen o three the immortal beloved for whom it was written was not the countess julia giacciardi therefore they who have wept in sympathy over this verther's sufferings caused by this charlotte may dry their tears they can comfort themselves with the assurance that the catastrophe was by no means so disastrous as represented the affair was but an episode not the grand tragedy of beethoven's life but being a love adventure it has been treated with fact and ratio to fancy like falstaff's bread to his sack one author in particular who accepts all schindler's assumptions and conjectures without question or suspicion has elaborated the topic at great length though perhaps to borrow sheridan's jest less luminously than voluminously having wrought up the feelings of his lovely readers his dear lady friends of beethoven to the highest pitch possible in a tragedy where the hero after the catastrophe still lives and prospers he consoles them a few chapters farther on by giving to beethoven for his one love's labour lost two new ones gained the one a married woman the other a young girl of fourteen years and moreover if in the confusion of his dates the reader is not greatly misled both at the same time also the lord gave job twice as much as he had before saith the ancient hebrew poet even if one were disposed to attach no great importance to the arguments thus far advanced there are two passages in the letter which could not have been written in that brilliant period of beethoven's life eighteen hundred to eighteen o two and therefore are conclusive viz my life in w in vn equals vienna is now a wretched life and at my age i need a quiet steady life in fact the severest critical discussion of my argument against the accuracy of schindler's statement has failed to find a flaw in it beyond the unessential assertion that beethoven could scarcely be conceived as having erred in the matter of the day of the week since then the author has himself accidentally learned by experience how a mistake of this kind made in the morning can easily be perpetuated in private letters he learned it by being compelled to prove the absolute accuracy of an official document every attentive and thoughtful reader of the letter must realize that it is irreconcilable with the notion that beethoven's passionate devotion to the lady was a new and sudden one also that beethoven had parted with his beloved whoever she may have been only a short time before that he writes in the full conviction that his love is returned and the desire for a union of their fates was mutual and that by patient waiting the obstacles then in the way of their purpose to live together would be overcome beethoven's inaccurate datings in the effort to determine when beethoven wrote in this strain his own inaccurate dates cannot be overlooked but must be discussed at the outset of the inquiry if the words evening monday july sixth are to be considered conclusive the investigation will have to be confined to the years eighteen o seven and eighteen twelve both eighteen o one and eighteen eighteen being out of the question but if an era of a day be assumed inquiry may be extended to the following years in the first three years the fifth of july fell on a in eighteen o five saturday eighteen o seven sunday eighteen o eight tuesday the sixth of july on a eighteen o five sunday eighteen o seven monday eighteen o eight wednesday the seventh of july on a eighteen o five monday eighteen o seven tuesday eighteen o eight thursday in the three later years july fifth fell on a eighteen eleven friday eighteen twelve saturday eighteen thirteen monday july sixth on a eighteen eleven saturday eighteen twelve monday eighteen thirteen tuesday july seventh on a eighteen eleven sunday eighteen twelve tuesday eighteen thirteen wednesday to pass by other reasons the years eighteen o eight and eighteen eleven are to be excluded because they presuppose an era of two days there remain then the years eighteen o six eighteen o seven eighteen twelve and eighteen thirteen which can be best studied in their reverse order 
the year eighteen thirteen shows itself at once impossible because of the date of a letter to verena baden july fourth eighteen thirteen besides other circumstances which prove that beethoven spent the months of june and july of this year in vienna and baden in a similar manner eighteen twelve must be rejected because he wrote a letter to baumeister on june twenty eighth from vienna and arrived in teplitz on july seven there remain then only the years eighteen o six and eighteen o seven if we are willing to attach too great weight to the improbability of an error in beethoven's dates july six and seven it would certainly be impossible to decide in favour of the year for which other considerations plead with almost convincing force these eighteen o six there is a letter from beethoven to brunswick proposing to visit him in pest printed with the date may fourteen eighteen o six which might be strong evidence in favour of that year but unfortunately the true date is eighteen o seven and so adds to our difficulty for it is known that on july twenty second eighteen o seven and for several days at least before he was in baden and there is nothing thus far to prove that he did not make the proposed visit and return from hungary in season to have written the love-letter on the sixth and seventh of that month this is it is true a very unsatisfactory assumption there is a date in a correspondence with simrock touching the purchase of certain works which if it could be established with certainty would remove all doubt and provide a satisfactory conclusion if the correspondence took place in eighteen o six it would be impossible to avoid the unsatisfactory assumption the head of the famous house of simrock once told the author that the letters written to his father by beethoven had been stolen they have since been recovered and that the only possible information on the point might be obtained from the old business books of the house the author asked that they be examined for him and his request was most courteously complied with with the result that he was provided with the excerpts from the letters of which he has made use in a later chapter to his great satisfaction the most important of the letters bears date may thirty one eighteen o seven this and the letter following show that beethoven spent the months of june and july eighteen o seven in baden the result would then seem to be irrefutable there is an error of one day in beethoven's date the letter was written in the summer which he spent partly in hungary partly in silesia the summer of eighteen o six in all the years from eighteen hundred to eighteen fifteen there is no other summer in which he might have written the letter within the first ten days of july unless we choose to assume a state of facts which would do violence to probability beethoven's moral character vindicated but our contention has a much more serious purpose than the determination of the date of a love-letter it is to serve as the foundation for a highly necessary justification of beethoven's character at this period in his life the editor of beethoven's letters to gleichenstein which appeared in westermann's monatschaften eighteen sixty five learned from gleichenstein's widow that the composer had once made a proposal of marriage to her sister therese malfati on the strength of this information and certain references in the letters themselves the editor founded a singular theory beethoven says the editor in question fell in love with the dark brown therese who despite the fact that she was then only fourteen years old was fully developed his love for her was as rapid in its growth as it was in its passionateness but was not returned then or later the affair was plainly embarrassing to the family for the passion of a half-deaf very eccentric man of thirty-six for a girl of fourteen could not fail in the long run to become dangerous miss lich why very well i hope here be true says the fool says in measure for measure reflect that this was the year of the mass in c and the c minor symphony and imagine the picture beethoven the mighty master occupied in developing works which stirred the deepest depths of the soul such on one hand on the other the lover sighing like a furnace with a woeful ballad made to his mistress eyebrow or if one prefer instead of the first picture a half-deaf eccentric thirty-six-year-old corydon 
wandering about by the side of mossy brooks vainly piping tunes to a melancholy early developed and early loved phyllis let us admit for the nonce that the amiable picture of beethoven in eighteen o seven is the correct one there is yet no excess of reason based on sense or probability no boundlessness of imagination or immature logic which can assert that the letter of july six and seven was written to therese malfatti then thirteen years old there is still another assumption or suspicion which must be touched upon here and if possible refuted it is that even in eighteen o six beethoven's letter was addressed to the countess Giacciardi, then already the wife of count gallenberg moreover a more natural solution of the difficulties could scarcely be found if it could but be proved or accepted as true that the composer was one of those exalted musical geniuses recently lauded by a writer who are no longer subject to once accepted notions of morals and ordinary duties and who refused to permit narrow-minded ethics to be lifted to the real laws of existence if beethoven had been a man of this character what more should we need to believe than in the summer of eighteen o six he and the lady were impatiently awaiting the moment when they might steal away from husband and children and thus obtain their purpose to live together heart closely pressed to heart here a single objection will suffice count gallenberg and his wife had at this time long been in naples no this disgrace does not attach to the name of beethoven those who have thought it worth while to follow the discussion thus far will now understand why so much time and labour was spent on removing all doubt as to the dates of the letters of june twenty ninth eighteen o one and july sixth and seventh eighteen o six and this after a long time had passed during which there had never arisen a doubt in the mind of the writer for if these dates remain fixed the extended romantic structures which have been reared on the sandy foundation of conjecture must fall in ruins the conclusions reached by the study seem as natural as they are satisfactory and indubitable young beethoven possessed of a temperament susceptible and excitable in the highest degree and endowed not only with extraordinary genius but leaving out of consideration his physical misfortunes with other attractive qualities the great pianist the beloved teacher the highly promising composer admired and accepted gladly in the highest circles of society of the metropolis this beethoven as wegler expresses it was always in love and generally in the highest degree as he took on years however his passions cooled and it is a truth of daily observation that at the last a strong and lasting attachment can obtain mastery over the most vacillating and fickle lover according to our conviction this was also the case with beethoven and most assuredly the famous love-letter was addressed to the object of a wise and honourable love which had taken control over him if this be true and if he was so violently in love in eighteen o six it follows that the references in the glykenstein correspondence which their editor applies to a completely developed girl of fourteen years of age in eighteen o seven were aimed at an entirely different individual and this too is the conviction of the author but who is the lady it is asked the secret was too well guarded and she is still unknown this only is certain that the countess therese von brunswick first of all beethoven's friends and acquaintances of the other sex whose names are on record one only could have been the immortal beloved of the letter and the party to this project of marriage second all the circumstantial evidence points to her and to her only third long after these two points were determined robert volkmann the fine musician and composer in conversation with the author mentioned a local tradition of pests which directly names her as having been once the beloved and even if our memory served the bride in spay of beethoven this lady was the countess therese von brunswick the scattered notices of the brunswicks in these volumes if taken connectedly may appear of deeper significance than has been suspected they were of the earliest and warmest friends of beethoven in vienna they adored him said their cousin the countess gallenberg beethoven wrote the song ich denke dein in the album of the sisters and dedicated it to them when he published it in eighteen o five 
he received from therese her portrait in oil visited the brunswicks in the autumn of eighteen o six and composed the sonata opus fifty seven which he dedicated to the brother and immediately after his departure wrote the passionate love-letter to whom wrote to count franz kiss your sister therese and in the autumn of eighteen o nine while on another visit to them composed a sonata opus seventy eight dedicated to the sister a few months later the marriage project fell through two remarks may be noted here which if of no great importance are worth the space they will occupy first after the appearance of the dedication of opus seventy eight therese von brunswick's name disappears from all papers notes and memoranda concerning beethoven collected by jan or the author yet the friendship between him and the brother remained undisturbed second this friendship of thirty years duration was broken only by death yet although in the later years long periods of separation were frequent their known epistolary correspondence is comprised in some half-dozen letters and half of these with false dates were these all if not why should all except just these which are neither of particular interest nor importance have been destroyed or concealed unless indeed there was a secret to be preserved therese von brunswick lived to a great age having the reputation of a noble and generous but eccentric character in regard to beethoven so far as is known she like shakespeare's cardinal died and made no sign because she could not question end of section twenty three